0: You're listening to a message from Highway Church, entitled, Deep, Part 3 of 3. Enjoy. Let's receive from the Holy Spirit. Here we are, Holy Spirit. And here you are. How wonderful. We thank you for the red-hot love of Jesus Christ burning hot inside of us right now. We thank you for feeding us fresh, hot Jesus This morning, we thank you for the bread of life ministering wholeness to us. We are healed. Jesus Himself bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, for making the healing that belongs to us a reality in us in in our lives today. Thank you for taking us deeper into the reality of what you've done for us. We're leaving here different. We're leaving here changed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We worship you, God the Father. We worship you, God the Son. We worship you, God the Holy Spirit. And we give you praise. We honor you and magnify your name. We're so thankful to be your sons and daughters. We're so thankful that we're not of this world. We're so thankful that we're new creations in you. We're so thankful to be living this brand new life that our hope is not dependent on the world around us, but our hope comes from from who you are and what you've done for us. We're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful for how you love us and how you speak to us and how you carry us and how you minister life to us and, and your loving kindnesses that are fresh and new every morning. Jesus, we worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for it. All of our attention's on you. We give you our attention. We focus our attention on you. Thank you for ministering your life to us and speaking to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have to pinch yourself, go ahead. It's just stay awake. Let's go forward together. We're going forward. We've got one, two, three, two more Sundays after today. This, this, this is the third Sunday before 2019 comes to a close. And I'm looking forward to the conclusion of this year because God is so good. And he wants your expectations to be high based on him, not on what you've been through. The devil wants to... Uh, Take away your expectation or lower them or get you to think that because of what you've been through that you don't have anything to look forward to and nothing can be further from the truth. God wants you to come before him with expectation of wholeness and expectation of a brand new life that's out of this world that's not of this world. He wants you to know him in a very real way. So we're finishing up today the series, this is part three that we're doing and it's called Deep. We're going deeper into the reality of what he's done for us. You know, a, a sh- even a shallow relationship with God is better than no relationship at all. But a shallow relationship with God is not going to carry you into your destiny. You need all of God that he gives. You want to you experience the fullness of God. You want to be flooded with his presence. You want your whole being to to be filled and overflowing with Him. That's really, we really are buckets, aren't we? We're, We're water bottles, right? We're conduits of the presence of God. It's good to think of yourself as a conduit, as a vessel that's to be filled daily. We're vessels that are to be filled and filled and keep being filled. To be overflowing with the presence of God. A relationship with God that is deep brings about a life that is whole. W-H-O-L-E. A life with nothing missing, nothing broken. So in the last two messages of deep, we looked at the quality of life that Christ came to give us. And you really do have to, to kind of sometimes slap yourself or pinch yourself or shake it off because if you're not focused on this quality of life, the person of Christ, the abundant life he came to give you, you'll just get caught up in the current of this world. And you'll settle for what the world settles for. And your vision for your life will be what the world tells you your life should be. But we don't do that. We, we stay woke, right? We, we keep our eyes open. We keep our attention on him. And we know that Christ came to give us life that's overflowing, life abundantly. So we looked at that word life that's used so often, uh, several times in the New Testament. And we found that it means uh, life as God has it, zoe. Right? I came that you might have life, zoe and life abundantly. Christ came that we might live life in the absolute sense. Life as God has it. So you need to understand this, that what must a person do to be saved? It's very simple. It's not a three-step process. It's not a five-step process. It's not a 10-step process. The Bible teaches us in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Simple, isn't it? One, two. I like that. It's the one, two knockout punch, right? Knocks the devil right out. Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. With my tongue, I declare it. You're the only one that can do that. No one can do this for you. You're in control of your tongue, right? This is the rudder of our lives, James tells us. This is what determines the direction we go. When you make Jesus the Lord of your tongue, the direction of your life will change. Right? I don't want anything to come off these lips that isn't under his authority, under his character and nature. Right? So when you do that, when you say Jesus, and we had some people do that last Sunday, gave their lives to Christ, when you say Jesus, be the Lord of my life, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, eternal life now dwells in you. Inside of you is life as God has it. Inside of you is life in the absolute sense. But listen to me, even though it's inside of you, you may not be experiencing it. That's kinda, huh? Because your spirit is made new, but our mind needs to be renewed. We need to change the way we think. So there there could be a number of reasons why you're not experiencing the life of God that's in you, One of the biggest reasons is you just don't know it. You don't know who's inside of you. You don't know what you have, right? I I can't operate uh, a machine if I don't know how it works, right? So I I either go online or call a friend or read the manual. That's the last option, right? (laughs) Or push some buttons or throw it or do something, try and figure out how it works. But God wants you to know what you have inside of you. So we have a lot of Christians, believers, who've been in church for decades and have no idea what's inside of them. And they live just like other people live. They're, they're discouraged. They're frustrated. They're, their expectations of their future or whatever the talk shows say, whatever the media says is acceptable. But we want to change that. We want to take you into the fullness of God's destiny for your life, and that comes by simply learning who's inside of you, the life that's inside of you, what you already have, what already belongs to you. I I shared it before. um, I I lived in a time when laptops didn't exist, and I saw them come into being, and uh, I remember when I first started using them probably back in like 2000 or 2001, And I I really didn't have any idea what to do with them. I had my paper systems. And then a a young guy came along and said, you know, if you'll click this and right click on that and choose this option, this will open up. And that will enable what you've been doing that used to take you six hours. You can do it in about 10 minutes. I said, really, I'm interested in that. And I began to discover things that, were, that I already possessed that were in my laptop. I just didn't know they were there. And it actually saved me tons of time. Tons of time. There are, what's inside of you will change the way you operate and live. Don't let TV determine how you live. Don't let this culture set the standard for the quality of your life. Christ came that you may have life in the absolute sense, life as God has it. And there's no end to the wholeness He brings. Come on. Faith comes when you get the, the true knowledge of God in your mind and in your heart. The true knowledge of God. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. See, there's fake knowledge and there's true knowledge. There's true knowledge of God and there's false knowledge of God. A false knowledge of God is that God is controlling everything. That's a false knowledge of God. And people are told that in churches way too often that God is controlling everything in this earth and that everything that happens is God's will and that sickness that came into your life was part of God's plan for you. That's a false knowledge of God. There's nothing true about it. Jesus didn't teach that. But how are you gonna know that unless you study the truth, right? Unless you have a relationship with the person of truth. God is not controlling everything. We're gonna see that. Jesus came to change that. Hallelujah. God's will is not done in the earth. This is a place that's contrary to the will of God. Now, it can be done in your life if you grab a hold of it and declare it. Jesus said, speak his will over your life, right? Speak it, say, God, your will be done in my life just as it is in heaven, right? You've gotta know what his will is and you've gotta declare it with your mouth. Your mouth is the key to your victory. Your mouth is the key to the quality of your life changing. It's not somewhere out there. It's right here and it's right here. Say what God says about you. Speak his will over your life and believe it in your heart. And it doesn't matter what anyone else says or does. His will will come to pass for you. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Grace, G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's an acronym. That somewhere along the line, got got taught, and I like it. But what is grace? All that God has provided for you through his son. It's freely given as far as you're concerned. He paid for it with his son, but for you it's free. You can't earn it. You can't obtain it through your own efforts. It's a gift. You simply receive it by believing it. Isn't that awesome? What if we had to pay for our Christmas gifts? That would change the whole holiday, wouldn't it? You had to pay uh, market value. You had to pay the value of that every gift you got. We'd kind of be dreading Christmas, wouldn't we? Oh no, what are they going to get me? What do I owe, right? But that's how people treat God. That's how religion has taught people about God. You have to pay for what he did for you. You have to make up for your sins. Nothing could be farther from the truth. He gave you a new life. What do I have to do? Believe it. Learn about it. Speak it. Speak it into, into my life. Grace and peace. Remember, we de-religified that word, right? Pssh. What's peace? Wholeness. Yeah. Untroubled. Undisturbed. Well-being. Grace and peace be multiplied so it can increase in your life. Right. So you don't have all that God wants to give you. Isn't that right? God is ever increasing as far as we're concerned. We'll never have uh, reached the fullness of what, he, what who he is and, and, and all that he's prepared. It's going to take an eternity to experience him. He's endless. He's ever increasing from our perspective, right? We, it's, it's awesome to think that when he spoke the universe into existence, it's still expanding today. Yeah, yeah. That's That's true. Blows the Energizer Bunny away, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just keeps on going. So it can increase in your life. God wants his grace and peace to increase in your life. He wants it to be multiplied in your life. He wants your health to go from a, a 2.5 to a 10. And stay at 10 for the rest of your life. How is it multiply? How does it increase? Through the knowledge of God. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing who he is, his nature, his will. I was watching one of my favorite TV shows, Little House on the Prairie. Yes. How many people have seen that show? One of my faves. Just love Walnut Grove. But uh, actually, one of the, the, uh, our children had it on the TV, and I was in the kitchen. And the episode opened up with a, a tornado came into the, uh, on the Ingalls property, and you saw this barn door fly open. It just looked like the whole place was going to come apart, and it just destroyed their crops. And, and, and Charles came to the conclusion that God was uh, telling them to leave, that this storm was God telling him to get out of there. And then he did a, something a lot of people do. He went to talk to a reverend about or Actually, his daughter did, and, and he didn't have a clue. Some reverends don't have a clue when it comes to God's nature. Do you know that? And I, I pray for Reverend Alden. He's the, <laughs> he's the character on Little House, but he doesn't have a clue when it comes to God's nature. My goodness, I said, don't go talk to the reverend, please. They need like Creflo Dollar to come to Walnut Grove is what they need. Joseph Prince, go to Walnut Grove, will you please? Have a a healing crusade. (laughs) But the basic conclusion is this tragedy came into our life because God's trying to teach us something and the reverend says, well, he, 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 you know, he 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 just well that yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah. That's not the knowledge of God. Jesus came to show us that God doesn't cause storms. He rebukes them. That God doesn't cause sickness, he heals. So when you start getting this knowledge, it changes everything. You might have to stop talking to some reverence. You might have to change the people you talk to and the people you spend time with, because I want to spend time with people who have this knowledge of God's true nature. Seeing or understanding, verse three, understanding that God's divine power has granted to us everything has granted, is past tense, right? this already belongs to you, has granted to us everything. Everything pertaining to Zoe. Life as God has it, right? Everything pertaining to life and godliness. Sickness is contrary to life. If sickness were allowed to take its full course, it leads to death. That's the goal of sickness, to steal life from you. It's never from God. He hates it. He sent his son to bear it so you don't have to. That's the true knowledge of God. Everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. So through the true knowledge of God, his grace and his wholeness is multiplied to us. So I don't know about you, but I put one and one together and I see two. I need to get the true knowledge of him in my life. I need to get it in my life. In fact, it has now become the most important asset in my life is to gain and acquire and grow in the true knowledge of God. So that changed everything in my life back in 1989. I I, I began looking uh, very diligently for places that I could go, ministries I could connect with, a church I could go to where I would get the true knowledge of God. And I want to tell you, it can be challenging. But you got to keep at it. You gotta want this more than the opposition that's trying to keep you from getting it. The fire inside of you is greater than the fear in this world. God's fire is greater than fear. Hallelujah. So for by these, verse four, his own glory and excellence, God has granted, that means it's done, you know you never have to ask him for anything again wow. hasn't religious taught religion taught us that prayer is basically begging god crying out to him until maybe he does something that's the, that's not that's the a fake a false knowledge of god that's a false knowledge of god the the, the scriptures teach us that he's already done it believe it My prayer life totally changed when I came into the true knowledge of God. It went from throwing up prayers, hoping something would happen, to worshiping him, knowing that I already have it. For by these he's granted to us his precious and magnificent promises in order. Why did he do this? So that by them you might partake of fresh, hot Jesus of the divine nature. Having escaped, it's done. The corruption of this world has no hold on us anymore. Greater is Christ in us. We've escaped the corruption of this world. So it's important to pull from this passage, verses two through four, that the true nature of God is revealed to us, verse four, through his promises. Okay? It says, through his precious and magnificent promises, we become partakers of his nature. So the true knowledge of God is revealed to us through his promises. Very important to understand that. You don't just want to read the Bible. You want to read the Bible. You know what I mean? You want to be alert when you're reading. You don't want to just... Take everything that's on the page. You want to look for scriptures that teach you who God is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. This is how you grow in the knowledge of the life that's inside of you. This is how that life is multiplied to you. This doesn't happen automatically. You have to choose life. You have to choose to learn the true knowledge of God and you have to choose to reject the false knowledge of God. And that can be challenging sometimes because sometimes your family rejects you because of it or those who used to be close to you don't want to be close to you anymore, but I'm telling you it's worth it. I'd rather have the true knowledge of God than, than anything else in this world or anyone else in this world. The, he's precious. He's magnificent. He's magnificent. Verse 4 in the message, let's pop that up there. Verse 4 in the message, go ahead. Speaking of the promises of God, the message says His promises are your tickets to participation in the life of God. Love that. So if you're wondering how do I get in on it, there it is through His promises. I've got to learn His promises. I I can't afford to go through another day, another week without studying his promises. Now, the whole Bible is God's word, right? Thank God for the whole Bible. It's, it's, It's spirit inspired. It's every word of God is alive and powerful. But you have to understand the context of the Bible when you're reading it. Because not everything in the Bible has a direct application to you. There are things about that you'll see some uh, terrible things go on in people's lives. They hardened their heart towards God. They they began doing horrible acts of immorality. They would sacrifice their children to idols and pagan gods. And I mean, there's some nasty stuff in here. It really happened, and God recorded it accurately. But that's not that's not the context that we need for our life today. So it's good to read through the entire Bible and know the Bible. But more importantly than reading through the entire Bible is having the knowledge of who God is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. So when I'm reading through Genesis, Exodus, um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First Second Samuel, First Second Kings, First Second Chronicles, and Ezra and Nehemiah, Esther and Job and Psalms and Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes, the and of Songs, Psalms, and Psalms, and Isaiah, and Jeremiah, and Intention Ezekiel, Daniel, and Hosea, and Joel, Amos. Uh, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st, 2nd, Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd, 1st and 3rd, Timothy, 1st, and 3rd, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1st, 2nd, Peter, 1st, 2nd, John, Jude, Revelation. When we're reading through that, we're, we're, we're wide awake for scriptures that reveal God's nature to us and what he's done for us through Christ. So this is what we're gonna do right now, okay? We're gonna go through some scriptures and we just simply don't have enough time in uh, several days, let alone our time here to, to, we're just gonna scratch the surface because there are so many promises and scriptures in here that will reveal God's nature to you that will cause his life to be multiplied and increased in you we just don't have time to go through them but we're going to we're going to give you some good ones okay let's start with 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 the promises of God reveal to us the true knowledge of God so his promises are paramount in our lives we have to have knowledge of them that's why we started this church, because we realize how challenging it can be for people to find a church where they can go and learn the true knowledge of God and not get a, a man's ideas and religious tradition. We're very purposeful about this. This is a, a, a huge part of my calling. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this, For no matter how many promises God has made, doesn't matter how many. There's no limit to this. No matter how many promises God has made, if I find a promise in Genesis, it's mine in Christ. If I, God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So no matter how many, no matter where I'm at in the scriptures, if I find God promising something, I grab it. Because I'm in Christ. In fact, the blessing of Abraham is for me. Christ came so that the blessing of Abraham could come upon anyone who believes. And I've heard, uh, you know, Bible teachers who have an education from a seminary say, well, those promises were for Israel. They're not for us today. Like Jeremiah 29, 11. For no matter how many, uh, what's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, 11? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. That's for me. That's for me. Why? I'm in Christ. I've been grafted into Israel. I'm Israel now. You know who Israel is? It was Abraham's grandson. Right? It's really not a geographical place. Although, yes, you could say it is. But you've got to see beyond the geography into the person. Israel was Abraham's grandson. Do you know what the New Testament teaches who Israel is? Those who are of the faith of Abraham. That's me. Woo! Is that you? What's the faith of Abraham? He took God at his word. He believed God, and it was reckoned to him. Righteousness was reckoned to him. That's us. We take God at his word. Righteousness is reckoned unto us. Hallelujah. So when we learn the promises of God, it's like cleaning out an attic that's been neglected for years isn't it funny you just leave a room alone for a month and you come in and it's like whoa it looks like it's from 1920 or something right cobwebs and it's like wow when's the last time someone was in here a month ago this world it just collects dust this world right there's just stuff in the atmosphere that tries to cling to you How do you you prevent stuff in this atmosphere from clinging to you? You meditate in his promises. You get his promises inside of you. You speak them over your life. You believe them in your heart. And it cleans out your attic. It cleans out every room of you. It, it, it just gets all the cobwebs out. It gets all the fear out. It gets all the worry out. It makes you into a different person. The life of God that was in you before you started meditating on the promises of God starts rising to the surface and you start experiencing it. Yes. Now let's start with this promise in John chapter 10, verse 10. <laughs> Is that a surprise? We're going there first. So we're looking for verses in the Bible that teach us who God is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him. So we have God himself speaking, not a reverend. This is not Reverend Olden talking, right? This is Jesus himself talking. And I I say his name because he's a fictional character, right? Reverend Alden, Little House of the Prairie, is just a fictitious character. Still love the show, but I wouldn't go to Reverend Alden's church, but <laughs> I'd start my own in Walnut Grove. <laughs> <laughs> Highway Walnut Grove, there we go. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So Jesus is telling us where storms come from. Whose word are you going to Jesus is telling us where sickness comes from. Right here. I'm not going to accept anything else. Because Jesus said this. He's the Lord. If he says it, I go with him. I don't care if the whole whole world of ministers changes their mind and suddenly says that sickness is from God, they're wrong. It's never been from him and it never will be. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the stealer. Not stealers, but stillers, stealers. The thief comes only to steal. Jonathan, are you here? Not talking about the stealers then. Talking about the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So why did you come, Jesus? Let's pontificate and come up with a philosophy about why Jesus came. (laughs) He told us why. I came that you might have life, Zoe, abundantly. To the full till it overflows. One translation says, more and better life than you ever dreamed of. Okay, I'll take you at your word. I believe that. I believe that over my past. I believe that over any current circumstances. I believe that over every any reverend. I believe that over any doctrine. I believe Jesus, you've become my doctrine. I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. Now, this is Jesus talking. Isaiah is often referred to as the fifth gospel because it's got so much Jesus in it. Look what Isaiah says about Jesus. We're, we're looking at who God is, what, why, what he's done for us, who we are in him. In Isaiah chapter 9, this is a popular Christmas scripture. Starting in verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born. Who's that? Jesus. Jesus. Unto us a son is given. God's one and only son, John 3, 16. See, as you start learning promises, the dots start to get connected. And you start seeing, oh, wow, Genesis is totally relevant to to John. And, And wow, Philippians is really relevant to Jeremiah. And it all starts coming together. And the Bible all of a sudden becomes a very relevant book to you. But it's by learning his promises. His promises are for you now today today for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government the authority of heaven shall be upon his shoulders and his name his name reveals his character his name reveals his will what does Jesus or Yahshua mean God saves now God heals now that's what his name means His very name is healing. Can you imagine teaching that he makes sick when his very name says he heals? How far man has gotten from the truth. Bring us back, Lord. Move among your people. Open our eyes to the salvation of Christ. His name shall be called wonderful. Is sickness wonderful? It's terrible. It's awful. There's nothing good about it. I mean, when I got sick, I got was sick a lot in the first half of my life. And as a kid, I got to stay home from school. But that's about maybe the only good thing about I got to watch Mr. Watch Mr. Rogers and the Electric Company and have my tomato soup and grilled cheese sandwich. But that's about it. There's nothing wonderful outside of God. There's nothing wonderful outside of God's presence. There's nothing wonderful outside the realm of his promises. There's nothing wonderful outside the realm of what he's done for you. This world has nothing wonderful to give you. No matter how much it sparkles or shines, it's going to break and fade away. His name is wonderful. His name is Counselor. Now in this version, they put a comma after wonderful. But the way this is kind of written, it can be read, he will be called Wonderful Counselor. And that word wonderful comes from the word miracle. He will be called miracle. He'll be called the Counselor of Miracles. Or it also means wonder. He'll be called Wonder Counselor. Not Wonder Woman, Wonder Counselor. He'll be called Wonder Counselor. Man, when you get to know his voice and listen to his leading in your life, you will live a life of wonder, of glory, of excitement, of adventure, of expectations fulfilled. His name is called Wonder, Miracle, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7 says, Of the increase, ever increasing, of his government or his authority and his wholeness, there shall be no end. Put the message up there of verse 7. There will be no limits to the wholeness he brings. Woo! There will be no limits to the wholeness. He brings. Man, I love that. Let's look at the wholeness He brings. Let's look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. We're having a Bible study, aren't we? This is something you want to do regularly. What are you looking for when you study the Bible? The scriptures that teach me who He is, what He's done for me, and who I am in Him, right? Now, you have, to be, you have to have knowledge. When you're reading the Old Testament, you know that God's people, they got so hard-hearted in the Old Testament. They got so far from God that if they didn't understand it, something in their life, they just said God did it. So you can misunderstand God by reading the Old Testament. Christ is the key to understanding God. If you want to know God's nature, look at Christ. You have to read the Old Testament through the light of Christ. Or you're gonna misunderstand God. And you have to understand the, the, the heart condition that God's people had put themselves in. Okay? Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. This is wonder, this is miracle counselor in action. And Jesus went about, that means this is the way he operated. He went about all the cities and villages. This is how he lived. This is how he ministered. This is how he operated. He would teach them in their synagogues. What would he teach them? Who God is. What he provided for them. And who they would become through faith in him. Right? Teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news. There's nothing bad in God's kingdom. There's not one bad thing God has to give you. He doesn't have anything stale, anything that will ever malfunction. He has nothing that's overdue or uh, or expired. And preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. This is the nature and will of God. This is who he is, and he'll never change. That's what Hebrews 13.8, put that up there. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. You know, there are some that, that have come up with a doctrine. Well, yeah, Jesus did those things, but that was just for a special time, and that doesn't happen anymore. Where did they get that from? Can you say, Satan? <laughs> darkness, spirits of darkness are teaching people things that aren't true about God. That's where a false knowledge of God comes from, from darkness, spirits of, you know, there are spirits of darkness trying to get you to believe things about God that aren't true. You might be shocked as you start just reading Scriptures that teach us the nature of God. You might be shocked to find out how many things you've been believing about God that are completely false. You, I I was shocked first time I started reading this book. Sometimes it still shocks you, like, "Whoa! Why did I ever think that God? You're so good." I'm I'm still discovering how good He is. Matthew chapter ten, verse seven. So after Matthew chapter nine, now we know that these weren't written in chapter and verses. That's something that was done later for reference sake. But after Jesus, it's recorded he went about teaching and preaching and healing every sickness and every disease. Then he he, he anoints and prays over his disciple and said, "You go do the same thing. You go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is right here." Touch it. That's what a hand means. You can touch it. Heal the sick. You see the heart of God. You see the will of God. Jesus is the will of God. He's the nature of God. Don't you accept sickness for a moment in your life. You refuse to accept it. You tell it where to go. Back to hell where it belongs. Did the pastor just say go to hell in church? Yes. Sickness, go to hell. That's where you belong. Reverend Alden would never say that, but I did. (laughs) Hell is not made for man. It's not made for man. It was for Satan and his, his team. The dark ones, the evil ones. That's not us. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. This is miracle talking. This is wonder talking. This is that baby that was in a manger who's a full grown man now. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you've received, freely give Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is our reality. This is our doctrine. Jesus Christ is our doctrine. I don't need to have a page on our website what we believe. I just put Jesus' picture right there. That's what we believe. Everything he said and did. Keep it simple. Matthew chapter 15, verse 30. Great multitude, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people came unto him. Why? Because the kingdom of God is so life-changing. Because the answers people are looking for are found in Jesus. If you preach the real Jesus, people will find him. Great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame. They couldn't walk or some, maybe not even move. Blind could not see. Dumb could not speak. maimed were missing body parts and many others and cast them down at Jesus' feet and he healed them. There are no limits to the wholeness he brings. There are no limits to what he can fix in your life. There are no limits. You may not be able to walk. You may not be able to move. You may not be able to see. You may not be able to speak. You may be missing body parts or any other malady that may have come against you, but Christ has healed you from it. And we refuse to worship any other Jesus than this one. There is one Christ, one Lord, one Savior, one baptism, one God, one Father who is Lord over all. This is our Lord. This is who He is. This is what He does. There are no limits to the wholeness He brings. Why do you think that what you're dealing with is beyond the scope of your salvation? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The wholeness God provided for you covers every area of your life. Every area of your life is covered with the blood of Jesus, is covered with God's provision. He's provided for you richly all things to enjoy. Verse 31 of Matthew 15, In so much... So they're watching these people without arms grow new arms. They're watching these people who couldn't walk, dance. They're watching these people who couldn't speak, sing. Insomuch that the multitude wondered, why? Because wonder was in their midst when they saw the dumb to speak and the maimed to behold and the lame to walk and the blind to see and they glorified the God of Israel. This is the glory of God in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for healing and wholeness in our bodies. Thank you, Lord, for wholeness in your people. You've provided it for us, and we refuse to accept anything less. Hallelujah! 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 Guys, let's do this. Isaiah chapter 35. I'm just going to read it to you out of my Bible. Isaiah 35, these are the scriptures when we were praying about starting Highway Church back in 2012 and 2013 before we started and asked the Lord, Lord, what do you wanna call it? And he led me to this scripture in Isaiah 35. And we're just gonna start in verse one. And... Amen, that's good. that's good. Isaiah 35, verse one, he says, the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad. This world is a wilderness. This world is a lonely place without Christ. But he came to turn your lonely place around to make you glad. They will be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing the glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God strengthen the weak hands confirm the feeble knees say to them or oh, our fearful heart be strong fear not behold your god will come with vengeance even god with a recompense he will come and save you now this is an isaiah this is before christ came so it's done Verse five, then the eyes of the blind shall be open. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert and the parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes and a highway shall be there. Who's the highway? Jesus. That's why we call it highway. Jesus is the highway that will take you into wholeness. Hallelujah. There's wholeness for you in Jesus. There's wholeness for you. Nothing missing. Nothing broken in him. Wholeness for you. I think Satan's been talking to some people during the week, huh? He's trying to talk you out of the wholeness that God provided for you. Don't you listen to that, loser. Jesus is Lord. There's wholeness for you. Where is it? It's inside of you already. You've already got it. Open up your mouth and declare it and thank Him for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Glory to God. Let's keep going for a little while longer. Are you okay? We're having a Christmas feast this morning. Very well-known scripture, Psalm 23, who God is, right? Now, you want to be looking when you're reading in the Old Testament of scriptures that teach us about Jesus. Psalm 23 is a big one. It's all about Jesus. He said, I'm the good shepherd. Psalm 23 is the Lord is my shepherd, right? So you want to be very aware of there's a lot of scriptures in the Old Testament that talk of the nature of Christ. The Lord is my shepherd. What's the most important word in those first five words? My. 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 He's mine. He's mine. You'll never experience his shepherding love if you don't know he belongs to you. If you don't make him yours, the most, yes, he's Lord. And that's true. But I'll never experience the reality of his victory and love and authority until I make him my Lord, my shepherd. See, you've got to know that what he did belongs to you now. Not someday, maybe if. My, most important word right there. The Lord is my personal shepherd. I don't know about you, but he's my shepherd. What makes him my shepherd? I choose to make, I choose to believe, I choose to to look to him in that way. I made a decision that he's the shepherd of my life. I can't make that for anyone else. Only you can make that decision. Does a shepherd uh, hurt his sheep? No. Never. Those are his possessions. The last thing he wants is for a sheep of his to get hurt or to get sick. He does everything that he can to prevent that from happening. Right? He protects them. He leads them to places. Let's keep reading. The Lord is my shepherd. I now, I shall not want. What does that word want literally mean? In Hebrew, it's lack. I shall not lack. Those who seek the Lord shall lack no good thing. Where's that at, you know? Psalm 34. Good to know the word, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. If there's an area of your life where there's things seem to be missing or you seem to be lacking, speak, say, no, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Thank you, Father, I lack no good thing because you're my shepherd. All right, verse two. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. What's the most important word in that passage? Me. God wants you to be whole. He wants you to experience him. It's me. It's me, O Lord, right? Hallelujah. He makes me. Me, 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 me. To lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth Me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Wow, we got my, me, me, my, me, five times in three verses. This is the key to experiencing him. He's your healer. He's your provider. He's your savior. He's your counselor. He's your victory now. When you know all that he's done belongs to you now, then you start experiencing it. If you think you gotta pray another three hours to get it, forget it. It's yours now, not through your own efforts, not through your own smarts. He gave you everything pertaining to life and godliness. It belongs to you now, and no one can take it away from you. hallelujah go to Psalm 18 verse 1 I'm sorry yeah Psalm 18 verse 1 yep look at this I will love thee O Lord my strength what's the most important word there yeah this is how this. we are one with him there's no distance between us and him. He's mine, he's all mine. He belongs completely to me. I love you, O oh Lord, my strength. Verse 2, the Lord is my rock. What does that mean? He's the foundation I'm standing on. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Uh, He's mine. (laughs) Oh my. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies, whatever I'm dealing with. Because he's my God, he saves me from my situations, from my circumstances, from my mistakes. Ha! Ah. Woo! Hallelujah. I'm just trying to finish this up here. We're just reading promises, aren't we? And what's happening? Our heart's leaping up and down, right? We're realizing how good he is, who he is, what he's done for us, who we are in him. So if there's a sickness trying to get you to accept it, why don't you go to Matthew 817? This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. He's talking about the ministry of Jesus. He took our sicknesses and bore our diseases. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> if I'm feeling symptoms, that's one place I usually go. Nope. I don't accept it. I no way. Oh, who was it? Katie blessed me the other week. She was telling me she fell down and something happened, and had this pain in her neck and her back. And (laughs) there was a temptation to be afraid. And then she said, "No, that's right. That's right. I'm healed. Amen. Got up and went on her way. (laughs) What if she would have responded differently and let those fears uh, show her a a movie? No, No, you create the movie of your life." You let God be your producer. Let God produce a new life for you. Come on, let him write your script with his promises. God's promises have become the script of your life. He's your producer. He's your director. Hallelujah. All right, we've got to finish. (laughs) so good. Let me give you one last scripture. It just summarizes what we've been doing. It's Isaiah 26, 3. I've got several more. I just, we just simply don't have time. But we're going to have a great time next week, I'll tell you that. Isaiah 26, 3. Thou wilt keep, that's King James. You will keep him in perfect peace. That's not possible. That's ridiculous. Nothing is impossible. There are no limits to the wholeness he brings. Why, now, in English, we say we're translating two Hebrew words here. It says, oh, you went to the, what did you go to, the Amplified? Can you put the, uh, well, that's all right. You can leave that up there. In the, in the, in the King James, and other, it'll say perfect peace in many translations. Um, but what it's saying in the Hebrew is shalom. Shalom. It's, it's a double emphasis. It's trying to drive this reality home, that he will keep you perfectly whole and prosperous. Nothing missing, nothing broken in your life. But look, what's, what, what brings this about? Whose mind is stayed on thee. You'll keep him in perfect peace, nothing missing, nothing broken, Whose mind? What's my mind? My thought life. No one can see your thought life, but it affects you. Don't keep any secrets from God. How silly! He loves you. He's not shocked by your thoughts. He's not. Oh, I don't believe you just thought that. He knows all about it, and he loves you. But if you have a thought coming to your mind that's contrary to his love for you, kick it out. If you have a thought coming to your mind that's tempting you to do something that's immoral, ungodly, kick it out. We keep our minds stayed on him because we want to experience him. Right? No secret thoughts here. God has full access to every thought. My wife has full access to every account, every social media platform I have, all my emails, my phone. She has full access to it. Why? No secrets. Love doesn't keep secrets except at Christmas time. Right? God wants full access to your thought life. Would you give it to Him? (laughs) Give him full access to your thought life. Now, you can look at the Amplified. That's okay. Put the Amplified back up there. You will guard him. Look how passionate God is about your health. You'll guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you. Because he commits himself to you, he leans on you and hopes confidently in you. So trust in the Lord. Give all of your thoughts to him. Commit yourself to him. Lean on him. Hope confidently in him all the time. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Oh, I wish we had more time. We'll have to stop here. Father, we give you full access to every platform of our life. No more secrets. Lord, your love removes every fear. Your love removes every fear. We have nothing to be afraid of. We tell you everything. We give you full access to Lord, we are going deep. We're experiencing the fullness of you. We're not letting anything keep us back. We choose Jesus to be Lord of our thought life. Jesus, you reign in our brain. (laughs) You reign in this brain, Jesus. You reign in our mind and imagination. We give our imagination to you. We give to you every thought and dream every expectation and hope because you are so much greater than our greatest dream. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you.